0: This morning, I'm going to, well, it's my afternoon, but it's your morning. I'm going to carry on looking at discovering our spiritual gifts, gifts that were given by God to empower the church, empower his people, and effectively be able to bless his name in our church and in our community as we use the gifts to build the church. Now, I believe that every Christian should be aware and desirous or want these gifts from God. Now, last year, when we were in Japan, there was a major world sports event called the Rugby World Cup. Now, I think the favorite team, and I'm not just saying it, I loved them, was the Sakura or Cherry Blossom team, who were certainly a crowd favorite. They worked hard, they won several games. Now, each player did their part They worked very well as a team. And just like I believe the World Cup players had to play as a team, effective Christian churches must learn to work as a team. Now, God has equipped his church, his team, to effectively spread his good news of salvation to a world which, we know, is sadly dominated by Satan. And Jesus has demonstrated how God loves us. People become spiritually reborn and part of God's family when they acknowledge Jesus Christ as God's son and receive the salvation when they ask God's forgiveness. We become his family. Now, as Christians, we are part of God's family and we have a very important job to do. And we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us and God gives us his help to do his work by giving 25 gifts or tools to equip us. And this is why we're looking at the gifts, so that we know how we can be empowered or equipped. Now, what a privilege it is to be on God's team. Isn't it awesome serving the king of kings, the king above all kings, and yet we have a task and a privilege of serving him. His gifts are given to all Christians to help us. Why? to grow a strong and effective church, and to do the work of Jesus in the community. What a privilege. as I said last time, spiritual gifts are given uniquely to every Christian. Every person, every Christian, has been given one or more gifts. And all followers of Jesus Christ have unique gifts that they can use to glorify and bless His name. Now in First 1 Corinthians 127 we read, "The Holy Spirit displays god 's power through each of us as a means of helping build the entire church. Now, just like the players in the World Cup rugby team, we all have to do our part willingly. Now I 'll say that again, we all have to do our part willingly to help build the church. We need to work together as a team then the work, and this is the benefit, the work in the church and the spreading of the good news of salvation grows as a consequence. You see, God's gifts are not for our own personal benefits, but they are given us to help to be a strong, effective church. And I believe as a church, we should desire that. This is why it's important to understand the role of the gifts. Now, who's, the purpose of the gifts is to bring glory to, to Jesus' name. That's what we're told to do. The second point I talked about last time was that to function effectively, the church needs everyone to play their part. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says that our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. So it is with the body of Christ, the church. All of us are together, our Christ body, the church, and we have one purpose. And our spiritual gifts or tools fulfill certain purposes. So we're given them to help build the church. We all work together as a team. Now, today, I want to look at nine of the 25 gifts given that build a strong church. You may not have realised that there are 25, but there are written in scripture. Now, before we start, we need to look and ask a very important question. Is our connection to God a good one? We need to be connected. So what do I mean by a proper connection to God? Well, as an illustration, let me tell you. On my computer recently, the movable mouse, which controls the little arrow, suddenly stopped working. The mouse had a flat battery and it stopped connecting to the computer. It made it useless. But when I fitted new batteries, it again connected well to the computer. And I believe a very important question that we need to ask is, do we actually have a proper connection to God? Now, some people may sit in a church for years, but never really connect personally to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, the giver of the gifts they may know a lot about him but never actually know Jesus personally i believe that in our faith we need to have a really proper connection to god and some people i have met have sat in churches for years but they've never ever really connected personally to jesus and to the holy spirit the giver of the gifts they may know a lot about them and him but they actually don't know him personally and that's a very important thing you see we must be personally connected to the giver of the gifts the Holy Spirit in order to receive and to make use of his gifts there are nine gifts given through the spirit that are mentioned in first Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 10 the Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping to build his church and there's one gift that it starts to one there is given through the spirit the message of wisdom the other gifts that are mentioned there are knowledge faith healing miraculous power prophecy distinguishing between spirits speaking in different kinds of tongues and still another the interpretation of tongues so today I'm going to give a brief explanation of each of these gifts so that we understand where they fit in. The first gift is the message or word of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12.8 To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Now this wisdom is different from our natural human wisdom that comes through experience and learning. The spiritual gift of a message of wisdom or wise advice is a supernatural revelation of the right words to say and the right things to do at the right time. Luke 21 verses 14 and 15. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. And we see That happening in Acts chapter 6 verses 8 to 10. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. But opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen and members of other groups. They began to argue with Stephen and they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Now, that's a very important thing. When God gives you the gift of the words of wisdom, you will find yourself in conversations with people where you're able to speak exactly what is needed. Thoughts will come to mind, and you will know that if it's God-given wisdom, you can speak them out. You will find words of scripture or other things coming to mind that you had forgotten you knew when you use the gift of wisdom And it can bring the end of an argument. Often you talk about Christianity and people argue. It can bring enlightenment to someone who is confused. And godly wisdom often offers practical help. It can help people, you know, I guess over the years, people have spoken practical help into my life. And it's helped me make disastrous decisions, making wrong choices. That's the confidence we can get when we speak in wisdom, godly wisdom. Now let's apply it to our church. Let's apply it to MCC because I believe people with this gift need to be active when they're talking to people and in various activities in the church. We all need wisdom, but if you have been given this gift, you'll be called upon by God to use it to help speak wisdom to those you come in contact with or to those you're witnessing to. They may come up with a question that you would not normally know the answer or how to answer. So always be praying before talking to them for God to grant you the gift of wisdom so that you can get through their objections and help them to receive God's love. You see, the gift of wisdom often works alongside the second gift mentioned by Paul. And that second gift in 1 Corinthians 12 is the message or word of knowledge. And it says here, to another, the message of knowledge by the same spirit. That's the second gift. Supernatural revelation or information and or skills. You see, we can ask God to give us his wisdom, words of knowledge, and even skills that were otherwise unknown to the person that has this gift. Often if I get stuck in a job and I can't think of the answer, I ask for wisdom. And it's amazing what comes through because I have asked God's help. Now, we're given an example in Acts 3 and 4, and it's a well-known story, the story of Peter and John healing the crippled beggar and then being summoned for questioning about it. The cynics didn't think it was possible, but in Acts 4, 7 to 13, we read this, that they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? They knew that they were working outside their experience. So what power, what name did you do this, bring this healing? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, note there, it wasn't in their own understanding. It was when the Holy Spirit spoke through them. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a cripple, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, talking about Jesus, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under the heavens given by men by which we must be saved. Now listen to the response when they spoke with amazing Holy Spirit-given wisdom. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note of these men who had been with Jesus. You see, they had boldness, authority, and courage, speaking that went well beyond their training. Imagine if you could apply that to your life When you speak to people that you have boldness, you have an authority, and you have courage to speak out what God wants you to speak. Now here goes another example in scripture of the gift of knowledge or word of knowledge. And it's in Acts 5 verses 1 to 3. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Now they had promised to give this money. They held some of it back. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Now here goes a question: How did Peter know that Ananias and Sapphira had done this? They had done it in secret. There is no indication that it was anything other than supernatural wisdom that had been imparted to him by the Holy Spirit. Now let's bring this up to a modern context. As a pastor, I often needed this gift of knowledge when called upon to offer counseling. I would pray and ask God for a word to give me some clues as to what to say. I didn't want to give bad advice. I wanted God-given advice. And often a thought would come to my mind to ask a person a question. Now, maybe a question I would never have thought of naturally, and was often 100% accurate for the need for that person. And I began to have confidence to trust God to give me a word that was relevant and in season. Now, again, let's come back to MCC. This is a gift that needs to be often used. We need it in our ministry. When people pray for others, we need godly wisdom and knowledge. When people are called to counsel others, we need it as people share Christ with others. Satan said it's an important gift to be part of the church. But I want to give you a warning at this point. We must realize that knowledge can be dangerous unless you have the wisdom to use it wisely. We need to be careful when people ask for help. A person asking for help might be very stressed or feeling very vulnerable at the time. And it can take much wisdom to deal with the matter. Now, here goes a word of advice. If someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer, don't just tell them something that you think might be right. Ask that person if you can talk to another leader in the church, another pastoral leader, to perhaps gain a bit more wisdom for the issue being looked at. doesn't hurt to actually seek advice, but always ask the person. Now, there is a reason this is very important. You see, some words given without wisdom have caused huge issues when it should have been given with wisdom. Now, We need to be very careful counselling people. But if you're asked, seek wisdom. Ask God to give you wisdom and knowledge. Now, in my ministry, I've often found that words of knowledge can come to protect the church and others in the church. Here goes a story that happened to us. Now, it was my first church, and Lynn and I would usually stand at the door and greet the people as they arrived at the service. One Sunday, a new couple walked in. They seem very nice, and I believe a word of knowledge was given by the Holy Spirit to protect them and us as a church. Now, Lynn, who never criticizes people, she shared with me later and said she felt very uncomfortable meeting the wife of this couple for the first time. And she knew that something was not okay. I did some investigation, and I discovered that this lady had caused a lot of trouble in her previous church. So later I visited them, and I suggested that before they got involved in our church, they go back to their old church, and they offer apologies. They put it right with the pastor in their previous church. Now she did, and I realised that this was a gift of knowledge given to Lynn to help protect our church from a potential troublemaker. And it does you a lot of good when you sense that God is caring for his church. Now the third gift that we see is the word faith in First Corinthians twelve nine. It says to another, faith by the same spirit. A gift of faith is very important. You see it's a special ability to trust God through difficult circumstances. Circumstances like we're going through today with COVID. We've got to have faith, we've got to trust, and the ability to believe solidly in the fulfillment of God's promises and plans. Now, people with this gift can often scare other people with their confidence. They are willing to take steps of faith that seem unreasonable or even foolish to others. But their confidence and the gift of faith in God allows them to see incredible things happen when they take those steps. Now, Abraham is a biblical character who definitely demonstrated the gift of faith, Romans 4.18. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and became the father of many nations. Now, physically, it was impossible. When Abraham was 75, his wife was old, he had been promised by God that he would be the father of many nations but they were be on childbearing, she was beyond childbearing age. And it was not until 25 years later, when he was 100, that God finally came through on his promise. What a lot of faith it took to hold on to God's promises for that long. And again, let's make it personal. Let's come back to MCC, because we need people with gifts of faith to be involved in prayer times during the week. And on the Sunday prayer time, To be on the church leadership team. We really need people of faith to be on that team. We need people with the gift of faith to keep loving and reaching out to people, people who can be difficult to love and to reach. We need people with the gift of faith to give shape to future plans. A church should always have a sense of what's going to happen in the future, and that can take an enormous amount of faith and trust to go ahead. Now, come back to a personal example. Um, in my church, there were over 600 people attending, but the building, the main church, only held 185 people. So we had to meet in the same morning on a Sunday in the local school hall where we could put another 400 to 500 people. Now, for 10 years, the church had tried to get a bigger property or buy land, but nothing was available in the area. And so we called the church together for a week of prayer and fasting. And this is a very powerful, I believe, every church should start the year with a week or so of prayer and fasting, particularly if you have things that have to be resolved. And I believe that that time injected fresh faith into the people. Now, a month later, there were three properties that never came on the market suddenly right next to the church became available. There was a developer who was going to put a 12-storey residential block on the land, but he suddenly pulled out. But with great faith, with great faith, the church agreed to buy this land. Now, the value of that land was roughly 2 million New Zealand dollars, or I think that works out at about 142 million yen. Now, it took huge faith as it seemed an impossible financial burden for a church to pay back that sort of money. Funny enough, they paid it back within four years. We saw God honouring our faith, and now the church has a brand new building. It's linked to the old building, so we can accommodate a lot of people, and it's a place where we can all worship together. We do have two services on a Sunday morning, but God honoured, and I believe, the faith of the people and the courage to make that decision. Now, we're going to look at the next two gifts together, the gift of healing and miraculous powers, 1 Corinthians 12:9 and 10, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous power, now the supernatural ability to heal physical and emotional wounds and will demonstrate God's ability to go beyond the laws of nature. When we talk about spiritual healing, supernatural healing, we're talking about something that to the human mind just doesn't seem possible. And again in Acts chapter 3, we find a great story. Peter and John met a man crippled from birth at the temple gate and he was begging. When asked for money, Peter's response was a classic. Acts 3, 6 to 8. Then Peter took the lame man by the hand and pulled him to his feet. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened so that he came up with a leap, stood there for a moment, and began walking. Now, that man had never walked. He'd been a cripple since birth, and he was miraculously healed. Then walking, leaping, and seeing the result, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now, I'm going to say something here that I hope you agree with. I don't know MCC well yet. I've only been there for three months, but I know that there will be people within your congregation who have experienced praying for people and seeing them miraculously healed, either physically or emotionally. Now, I love the way that every Sunday morning you give opportunity to people to be publicly prayed for and you pray into people's lives. That's, I think, exercising faith, and it's amazing. But, you know, we all need to be encouraged and to hear some results. And I think that if you've been healed, if you had a supernatural healing, that you'd say, well, that came from God and you're praising God. It's lovely to hear those stories and be encouraged how that gift can work. You see, healing and miracles is a way that God has used throughout the history of the church to bring glory to himself. He wants to be glorified, but that's one way he can get that. Where do we need people with these spiritual gifts? I believe in prayer ministry and in church or group ministry. We need people who feel God has gifted them to be unafraid to approach people and to follow through with that prompting of the spirit. This is so important. You see, even Jesus never offered to pray unless he knew and sought his father's permission. We need to always just say, what should I do? Um, And if I'm praying for people, I ask God to reveal to me. Sometimes I keep quiet. Sometimes I'll speak a prayer for their healing, but we need to trust God. Now listen to this. You may not have a specific gift of healing, but you should always be bold and willing to pray for others. I'll say that again because some people might say, well, I don't have that gift, but we should always be bold and willing to pray for other people. You see, we're called to pray. We shouldn't be afraid to pray for family, for workmates or neighbours who you need or know need our prayers. And remember, we're asked to pray, but it is God who does the healing. So we leave the outcome to him. And I remember praying for a friend who had cancer and nothing seemed to be happening. And so I got discouraged and I thought, I'm not going to pray anymore for them. But God rebuked me. He said, no, you just keep praying. I provide the answer but you just keep praying which I did and you know it's something that we all have to have the confidence now the sixth gift is prophecy first corinthians 12:10 to another he gives prophecy which is receiving and communicating an immediate message of god to his people with authority and urgency so that's what prophecy is it's it's communicating a clear message that you sense that God wants his people to know. Now, biblical prophecy, the Old Testament, is full of it. It foretold the future. An example would be when the prophets foretold the coming of Christ. And we also know that also it prophesies that Jesus will come again. So we can read those prophecies and we can be confident because it's in Scripture that it will happen. But I believe that the more common use of prophecy today is speaking clear messages from God for the present time. It is God bringing something to mind in that moment, and for the sake of, as it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, helping others grow in the Lord, encouraging and comforting them. So, is prophecy part of our church today? Yes, it should be. In Acts 15, verse 32, we see that Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, Said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. The gift of prophetic words from the Holy Spirit, they may be extraordinary or they may just be ordinary words. They will be very penetrating, they'll be personal, they'll be powerful, they'll be upbuilding and all convicting because prophecy can be both ways it can uplift us or it can convict us and will pierce with unusual power into people's lives. Prophecy is so important. Lynn and I went into ministry because someone prophesied over us and we saw the words that they had prophesying coming true a few weeks later. And it gave us great confidence to proceed with pursuing going into ministry because we thought God is leading us, but He was leading us through prophetic words given by another Christian brother. And it will be a gift of God for the moment. Now, again, for MCC, we can talk about this stuff, but how does it fit? And I pray for God to release this gift on a church through people who are open to God using them in very direct ways, who are courageous enough to speak when they are certain God is telling them to speak. I believe there's always a part where people have to say, what is God saying? And have the courage to pass that on to the leadership or even speak them out. Because when we see these things happening, it strengthens our faith. Now here goes number seven. I know it's a long service, but we want to understand what these gifts are for building the church, for giving God glory. This one is a protection for the church. It's distinguishing between spirits. Now, 1 Corinthians 12.10, and this is in the Living Bible, he gives someone else the power to know when evil spirits are speaking through those who claim to be giving God's messages or whether it is really the Spirit of God who is speaking. Now, I know that there have been people who have spoken out and saying, this is from God, but it's been later shown that it hasn't been correct. Uh, So distinguishing between spirits is simply this. It is the ability to know with assurance whether certain behaviour is in reality from God or from humans or even if it's satanic. You see, God has to protect his church from those who would seek to destroy it. I'll say that again. God has to protect his church from those who would seek to destroy it. And that can be often, more often than we think. Now, Christians with this gift can recognise that the true motives of people, and also recognize when a person is distorting the truth or communicating error. They're very important if they're speaking out what they say is God's message for the church, that there's no error. This person can often recognize when Satan or other evil spirits are at work in a given person or situation. Now, in Acts 16, 16 to 18, we read, once when they were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled, he was discerned, something's not right here. He turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Now, this scripture reminds us that demonic spirits will often mask themselves as really coming from God in order to deceive and distract the true work that God wants to accomplish. And it can be difficult to tell sometimes where certain ideas or motivations come from. That is why we need people in MCC who are gifted at discerning when the church or individuals in the church are being distracted or even attacked. And it's a very important role to have discerners who can have that gift of working out. Does this come from God or is it not from God? We need people who can help look out for and do spiritual battle in Jesus' name. And that's very important with the forces of darkness. You see, we have authority as Christians to bring Jesus' name to bear in all situations. And this is how God protects his people. There have been many churches over the years that have been sadly given a hard time, destroyed by people who have spoken and it's not from God, who have brought messages that are not from God. So I guess this is why we need someone who can discern the message. Is it from God? Is it not? And that's a very important part. Now, the last two gifts in the Spirit we'll discuss today, but they go together, and it's speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, I know straight away that there will be an interesting reaction from some people that has caused, and we'll talk about this. The gift of speaking in tongues is a Spirit-directed ability to pray and praise God in a heavenly dialect. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, that the one who speaks in the tongue speaks to God, not to others, since they won't be able to understand what you're saying. And tongues is also used as a form of prayer and praise. 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 14 and 15. I will pray with my spirit, but i also pray with my understanding. I will sing with the spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Also, tongues can be used for building yourself up. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, the one who speaks in the tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, that's a distinction that Paul made, that being prophetic was actually going to help build the church. Tongues sometimes, uh, not so much. Now, if there were tongues in a public place, there must always be someone with the gift of interpretation of tongues. They must be present when it is spoken publicly in church. Just calling out in tongues, that's fine for the individual, but if the message is for the church, it needs to be interpreted publicly. It needs to be understandable and beneficial to the whole church. Now listen to this for those who perhaps have different opinions about this. This gift of tongues is without doubt the most controversial and potentially divisive gift of all the gifts mentioned in Scripture. And it is a topic that really needs careful study and discussion. And that is far too big a topic for me just to, to deal with today. It needs to be really well researched, needs to be balanced. And, but it is a gift from God to build the church. And as long as we understand that, I believe that's important. Now, in conclusion today, I hope that you're beginning to see that God has given each one of us his gifts and he desires to do incredible things in and through each one of us. I'll say that again because it's got to be encouraging. God desires to do incredible things in and through each one of us. He is looking for those whose hearts are already and willing to be used. He desires to reveal himself in most powerful ways. Um, We've just gone through a whole list of gifts that they are actually very powerful. They're a testimony that God is there, the Holy Spirit is working through us, and he desires to reveal himself in powerful ways. But listen, he will not force himself upon us. We have to be willing. So MCC, I want to encourage you to keep going. I believe you're doing a wonderful job, but as in any church I've ever been in, we can always do better. We can become people who listen, we can hear, and we can put into practice the things that God wants us to do. Now, with COVID-19, these days are very uncertain. They're very difficult, and they're very discouraging days that we live in. But listen to this. This is what I believe that is powerful. I keep on saying the church is a powerful place. I love to be part of it. You see, God is giving us great opportunity to reach out to those who are, what, discouraged. And you'll know people who are discouraged by this whole thing. And I think Pastor Ron alluded to that. And without any hope in their lives, if I could see your hands, I guarantee if I asked the question, who do you know that hasn't got any hope, you would put your hand up because it's part of our community. But listen, we can show them that God is very real um, now it's hard times, and people are wanting answers to life. And with God as our strength and hope, and with the gifts he has given each one of us, we can be a very powerful people. We can be an encouraging people. We can encourage the despairing to see that faith in God who is above all other gods, and let's face it, every country's is full of them, but the one who's above all gods God himself and Jesus Christ, he's the answer to the life that we're all looking for. I don't have all the answers about the spiritual gifts but that I know that I desire the work of the Holy Spirit amongst us. It makes us powerful. It equips us. We're not just a normal group of people. We're not like a club who might meet and just get on. We're actually a very powerful, God-centered, God-provided-for, God-gifts help us. To be a powerful people. This is why I find churches are so encouraging. And it is the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, which is the true breath of God among us. I'm going to finish with that statement. You see, it is the power and the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit, which is the true breath of God amongst us. How do we demonstrate God? Well, these gifts, you may have a particular gift, you may, and there's another 25 altogether. Somewhere there'll be a gift that you'd say, Yeah, that's me. I'm the person who's got that gift, or I might have two or three. But what a blessing you can be for the name of God. We have to lift Jesus' name high in our community. What an amazing opportunity when our community is absolutely discouraged and distraught by what's going on. When you've got families, when you've got business people, when you've got workmates, when you've got family who just have no answers, we can ask God for wisdom. And we can say, God, give me the opportunity just to encourage them, draw them towards you and say, my hope is found on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And I just trust that as you go into this week, that you will say, yeah, give me the gifts. Give me the ability to encourage people to know you when times are so difficult. This is what makes our church such a powerful group, because we care, we love you, we trust you, and you equip us to do your work. So thank you for the opportunity of sharing. Next time I'm going to share one more series on this because there are the gifts that I believe that we all need to understand. And so thank you for the chance to speak to you this morning. Bless you.